1870, Julia Ward Howe, who was a Unitarian, wrote a pacifist poem. She was responding to the violence and bloodshed of the Civil War. Her words were a call to women everywhere. Arise, all women who have hearts, whether your baptism be that of water or of fears. Ward's Mother's Day proclamation, as it is called, urges women to speak out for peace. Nine years earlier, in 1861, Howe had written the Battle Hymn of the Republic. It is a bit hard to reconcile that the same person wrote both of these pieces, isn't it? The Battle Hymn became the North's most famous Civil War song. It depicted the battle as a righteous war. It effectively declared God's blessing on the Union Army. Howe's crafting of the proclamation reveals the nature of changing times. The war dragged on. The goal was a mighty one, and we might even say a righteous one, but questions arose. And the crafting of her proclamation shows the nature of her changed heart and the evolution of Hal's understanding of resistance and how to affect change. Describing the writing of the proclamation, Hal said this, I was visited by a sudden feeling of the cruel and unnecessary character of the contest. It seemed to me a return to barbarism the issue having been one which might easily have been settled without bloodshed. The question forced itself upon me. Why do not the mothers of humankind interfere in these matters to prevent the waste of that human life of which they alone bear and know the cost? I had never thought of this before, she wrote. The august dignity of motherhood and its terrible responsibilities now appeared to me in a new aspect. And I could think of no better way of expressing my sense of these than that of sending forth an appeal to womanhood throughout the world, which I then and there composed. The little document, which I drew up in the heat of my enthusiasm, implored women all the world over, to awake to the knowledge of the sacred right vested in them as mothers to protect the human life, which cost them so many pangs. Howe didn't stop her peace efforts after writing this proclamation. Two years later, she began advocating for the creation of an annual Mother's Day for peace to be held on June 2nd. Her novel idea got traction. Eighteen cities held gatherings. The practice of holding a Mother's Day for Peace continued in Boston for more than a decade. And in several other cities, the practice continued for for a few more decades until around the turn of the century. And then in 1907, and some of you will be even more familiar with this piece of the history, Anna Jarvis worked to establish a permanent Mother's Day. And then in 1914, a resolution was signed establishing Mother's Day 
in the United States. Giving expression to her deepest values and commitments to peace was a creative act on Howe's part. It was also an act of resistance. Howe not only wrote a poem to resist cruel, unnecessary, and terrible barbarism, she was also inventive in advocating for the creation of something new, for a day of peace to regularly inspire other women to arise. Much of Howe's original intent has been lost over the years. Mother's Day is now one of the biggest commercial holidays in our nation, and too often the holiday reinforces certain cultural standards of motherhood and of family. These traditional standards often exclude the most vulnerable and the most stigmatized mothers, often based on sexual orientation, race, income, and immigration status. So in 2011, Mama's Day was born. Have any of you heard of this? Mama's Day celebrates black mamas. It focuses especially on those who mother who are most injured by current policies and cultural stigmas. Mama's Day recognizes and honors being a mama in all its heartache and all its beauty and all its many configurations. Trans mamas, immigrant mamas, single mamas, young mamas, lesbian mamas, poor mamas are all celebrated. Isn't that beautiful? This program is a national initiative of the organization Strong Families, and that organization seeks to change policy and culture to support families. And our national religious association, the Unitarian Universalist Association, is part of the Strong Families Network. Now today, the call to creative resistance isn't just there in those efforts. It also reverberates in other ways. And we can see it in things like the Women's March, in the Black Lives Matter movement, and in the Me Too movement. The power of creative resistance can be seen in things like pranks and stunts and flash mobs that are used in that activist work. Things like whimsical signs, hats, costumes, and t-shirts. If you think about the Women's Day March, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Thank you, Ginny. She's doing a little demo over there. Puppets, balloons, music, memes, posters, banners, plays, street theater, animation, light displays. These all add an element of energy and vitality to a cause. They bring creativity to efforts that reach people at the emotional level. I mean, one example I think of are the posters of children that we bring to the vigils at the Burke's Detention Center. You've seen those, right? I hope you've seen them. If you haven't, talk to Pat. She'll show them to you. Creative resistance is seen in those 
posters. It's seen in the music that is sung at those vigils. I was thinking, too, about our Family Promise program. When those families show up here in our space to spend a week or two weeks, our young people have cards they've made and signs they've made that they display and give to the other children. And in response, the children of those families who stay here make cards to give to our children, children they have played with and spent time with and gotten to know just a little bit. Art, creativity, resistance, it connects people, it tethers people, and it resists the divides that can come between us. And this call to creative resistance, that call that Julia Ward Howe put out to arise, that's not only for women, it's not only for mothers, it's for all of us, it's for all people who have hearts. And that's all of us. That's all of us. And that call rings out to all who insist that great questions will not be decided by irrelevant agencies. And you know, friends, we have a lot of irrelevant agencies right now. And we need to stop letting them make the decisions. Great questions must be decided by the sacred workings of justice, truth, compassion, and creativity. And the same level of energy and ingenuity and artfulness and playfulness that informs those justice campaigns, that informs the Mother's Day for Peace and Mama's Day, that same kind of energy and artfulness can be infused into our everyday lives as well, into our everyday actions and interactions. It can revitalize and re-energize every moment of our life. It can transform how decisions are made, how conversations unfold, and how people move through their day. In the workplace, in the home, and even here at church, maybe especially here at church, the potential for people to create resist is profound. So when I talk about practicing creative resistance, when I use this term, I don't just mean organizing a protest. I mean what resists the culture's push toward conformity and busyness. I mean what resists alienation of one person or one group from another. The creative strategies of disruption and resistance can help to counter the daily incivilities, the daily racism, the daily sexism, the daily disagreements, and the daily tensions that can diminish the ability of mothers and children and families to joyfully live their lives and peacefully live their lives. Creativity is such a, an incredible and powerful force. It resists 
despair. It resists disillusionment. It resists fear and disenchantment. It resists fascism, ableism, anti-democracy, pettiness, and self-centeredness. What I'm talking about is what happens when one person listens compassionately to someone else's story or when someone takes a risk rather than succumbing to fear. I'm talking about what happens when a person thinks hard about the words they use before they speak and being willing to apologize when, despite their best intentions, those words cause harm. We may not always think of these as creative acts of resistance, but truly, they are. I even mean things like getting unplugged for a day or a week in order to gain perspective and imagination and soul-level connection. Or for some, maybe it's getting more plugged in using social media and the tools of technology to connect more innovatively and more deeply than might otherwise be possible. When I talk about creative resistance, I mean reading more and meditating more, which are ways we resist the status quo. Creativity is inherently open, inherently resistant to rigid demands and restrictions. It means doing what our youth did in last week's service, what they suggested and modeled for us. If you were here, you heard and witnessed it. They spoke up and out for truth, for their truth, speaking that truth with love, having thought carefully about the words that they would use, thinking carefully and creatively. Creative resistance means celebrating and laughing and playing more, despite and because of our struggles and our injuries. This is why at funerals and at memorial services, people gather and laugh. Sometimes it seems strange to hear all that boisterous laughter at a funeral, but it is the creative urge to resist death and to embrace life. This is why coffee hour is so important to our UU community, even and especially during the most difficult times in our personal lives and our world. Creative resistance means finding some playful ways to get through tough stuff. One of my Facebook friends this week was asking for creative suggestions using playfulness and humor to get around or through difficult things. She said that she was open to suggestions of anything, from games to help getting your kids to put on their shoes to humor that helps you laugh in the midst of tears. And many offered suggestions to help with parenting, In particular, they offered suggestions of books to read and stories to tell. They suggested watching Sesame Street together and having kitchen dance parties, dancing to ridiculous music. One person shared a suggestion of what works for her, 
when a situation with her children is tense but not overly serious. She said, when the kids are standing in front of the fridge and they can't decide what they want to eat, parents, mothers, you been there? They're standing there in front of that fridge. They can't decide what they're going to eat, and they're just saying how hungry they are. They're so hungry, right? So she'll ask them, what about toast? They say, no. She'll say, well, what about pasta? No. What about grapes? To which she says, they say, no. Ugh. How about boogers? <laughs> to which they begin to laugh. That unique combination of gross and funny, she says, would shift the dynamic. Saying boogers turns out to be a skillful and loving act of creative resistance. And a word I never thought I would mention from the pulpit. But you know, small, oddball moments of artistry like that can be important in shaping who we are, how we are, and how we are together. Arthur Graham says that each of us is an artist. Each of us is an artist whose task it is to shape life into some semblance of the pattern we dream about. The molding, he says, is not of self alone, but of shared tomorrow and time we shall never see. So let us be about our task, he says. The materials are very precious and perishable. The materials are our lives, our families, the lives of all creatures, and our mother, Earth, Gaia. The materials are our imagination and our artistry. What shape shall we give our lives and our planet? What artistry will we bring to bear to our shared tomorrow? to harness those materials and use them well to shape our dreams is to answer the call for healing and for hope because creativity has a connective tissue. It tethers. It reaches out and through the difficult. Creative resistance is like birth. It is like breath. It is a star rising. It is day breaking. It is sowing seeds of gladness. It is working to shape our art. It is shaping life. It is a heart that holds a dream. It is the flame of love. It is love reaching out, and it will bring you home to yourself. This Mother's Day, this Mama's Day, may we arise, all people of heart, and reach out with love.
May we reach out with a mind that holds a plan, with a hand that holds a key, with a heart that holds a dream. May it be so. Amen. And happy Mother's Day.